All right. Last Sunday we talked about being uh, on fire. We talked about uh, being on fire for the Lord. Talked about not being lukewarm Christian. I was talking to someone last week who said, uh, "Man, the message last week that was good." Someone said, "What was it about?" I said, "I can't remember, but it was <laughs> it was good." <laughs> that was Todd. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I can't remember, but it was good. <laughs> But no, we want to stay. We want to stay fired up, don't we? We want to stay on fire for the Lord. We want to uh, get in His Word and allow it to speak to us and change us. And I'm just bringing a message this morning of uh, some passages, some scripture that this week I, I would say that uh, the last few days I've been uh, reading and it's been feeding me and it's been good. Uh, some familiar passages. So take your Bible and turn them to John, John chapter one, the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is just, uh, to me, an amazing book of the Bible. And John writes, he is, uh, uh, he is unlike the other Gospels in, in several different ways, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But in one of the ways that he is unlike it is how he starts it. He starts it different than the others. The others will start with, um, with the birth of Christ and uh, starting there in, in, in Christ on earth. But John, he starts long before the birth of Christ from the Virgin Mary. He begins with the everlasting Christ, the everlasting God, the creator of the universe. That's where he starts his gospel with Jesus Christ. And John starts by talking about the most amazing thing that has ever happened in this world since it was created, in that God, the creator himself, came down to earth and dwelt among us that He might redeem us from our sin. John puts this in such a simple way. The thing about the Gospel of John, you know, many times when folks accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, what what I would hope to do and like to do is give them a Bible. Give them the Bible and say, hey, read the Bible, right? And, and many times, you know, you start anywhere, start in Genesis, that's a good place to start, Genesis 1. But many times I'll say, let's read the Gospel of John, right? And one of the reasons why is it's, it's, it's just so simple in the life of Christ. But yet when you really start looking at it, it's so deep. Uh, John, he, he really understood the importance of love. And love is deep uh, in our Christian walk, in our Christian life, it is one of the great, uh, great things to learn is charity. But in John chapter 1, in verse 1, John starts with, In the beginning was the Word. And I, and I just said that, in the beginning was the Word. And everybody knows, probably everyone sitting here knows who I'm referring to, who John's referring to. We're referring to Christ. We're referring to Jesus Christ in the flesh. Because you've heard this passage before. But could you imagine reading this for the first time as a, as a Jewish person back then or a Gentile back then to read, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And all things were made, verse 2, and the same was in the beginning with God. And verse 3, all things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life and the life was the light of men. Just in the simplest way, just in the simplest way, John answers one of the most 
common questions that people ask. Why are we here? Where did we come from? Who, who created us? What's the purpose? And he so simply says Jesus Christ is the life and that he is the light. He says that he is the light that lighteth every man. Verse 9. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You know, every person that comes into the world gets this light. They get some revelation of, of, of God and the Creator and Jesus Christ. You say, how? Through creation. Through our conscience that He's given us. And then when we begin to seek it through His Word. He says in verse 10, He was in the world and the world was made by Him. Think about this. The world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own and His own received Him not. He came to the Jewish people. He came as their Messiah and they rejected Him. But, here's where you and I get in, but as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that what? Believe on His name. Listen, the Gospel of John is about believing on Jesus Christ. Believing on His name. The Gospel of John is a little bit different in its, in its presentation is because it's, it is, the purpose of it is to evangelize, to win the lost, to get those that don't know Christ to believe on Christ. And for Christians that have believed, to just believe in the gospel and the power of it. I'll prove that in a second by a couple key verses, but continue with me. He says, verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You know what he says later in this book? You must be born again. This birth is not a fleshly birth. It is a spiritual birth. Not of the will of man, not of blood, but of God. Right? Verse 14, and the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten. Full of grace and truth. You know what John. As he remembers back. Can you imagine. I'm just. Can you imagine John saying. We beheld Him. John said. We didn't really recognize it. We knew there was something. Something was drawing us. We, We believed. But we didn't really know. But now we know. He was the Son of God that we were walking with. We were walking with God, full of grace and full of truth. We understand here when He talks about the Word, and He brings this out, one of the names of Christ, the Word, we find in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, He says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And three is three. Are one. He begins to bring out the word is the, one of the names of Christ. And let me ask you this. What better way to get to know a person than through conversation? You could see a person sitting on a park bench, right? And you can kind of make some assumptions or some things about. But if you sit down and strike up a conversation, you begin to get to know a person a little better. And the same is true in every aspect of relationship through conversation we get to grow, and he says, listen, Jesus Christ has chosen to reveal himself through his word. 
And as we seek after and get to know Him, He manifests Himself through His Word. We're going to be turning around here in John. So take your Bible and turn to John chapter 20. I want to show you the key, maybe key verse, if you will, of John. Just setting some... uh, just setting a little bit of stage here before we dive right into the, the message. John chapter 20 and verse 30. He says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. So, John says, hey, the reason for my writing, hey, what's the purpose of the book? What's the purpose of the Gospel of John? He says, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. He says, listen, this Gospel is evangelistic. You say, what what do you mean by evangelistic? What does it mean to evangelize or to be an evangelist? It means to preach the gospel, to bring people to Christ, to show people the way to Christ. And John says, listen, the purpose for my writing this gospel is so that people can know Christ, can come to Christ. I was an eyewitness. I bear record of it. He says that multiple times. I am an eyewitness. I bear record of Christ. He says in John 3.18, that ye might believe on Him. He says in John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. John 19.35, He says, And he saw and bare record, and his record is true, and he, and he knoweth that he saith is true, that ye might believe. Isn't faith key in our Christian life? So many times the, 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 the thing that the Gospel of John does for us is it bolsters our faith. You know, when we talk about the Gospel, what is the Gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We say, yeah, the lost, those that don't know Christ, those that have not received the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, boy, they need to hear the Gospel, right? Amen. But the truth is, so do we as believers, we as Christians, we need to hear the gospel. It's the power of God. It it begins to uh, strengthen us in our life. It it builds our faith as we recognize here in the gospel that Jesus Christ, He can do anything. He has all power in heaven and earth. He has power over death, and He is the one that has given us our breath of life. He goes on in, in the first chapter. Turn back there for just a second. This is still the, still sort of the introduction here. John chapter 1. He, he goes in. He kind of brings in, if you will, again, the purpose of, hey, believing in Jesus Christ. John, the disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, brings in somewhat of an eyewitness. He brings in someone else that is an eyewitness to help, help us believe. And he brings in John the Baptist. And he starts to talk about John, saying who John was and, and John's ministry. John's ministry was what? He was a forerunner 
of Jesus Christ, right? He went and preached to, to those and, and, and brought them in for a baptism of repentance so that they would accept and receive Jesus as their Messiah and come to, come to Him. Now, John, he was causing quite a stir at the time. This was before Jesus Christ uh, had even started His earthly ministry. Uh, there's a lot of folks coming out to hear John. Hear John preach, and hear John teach, and hear John come to be baptized. And it's interesting how John reflects all of his recognition. He reflects everything uh, that comes to him to Christ. As I said, John was getting quite a following, and, and it wasn't because of the peculiar clothes that John wore that John got this following. Now, John did wear some peculiar clothes. The Bible says he wore camel's hair and a girdle of skin or a girdle of leather. He was dressed a little different than most that would at that day. And he had a strange diet, right? He was kind of a health nut. But it wasn't, it wasn't because of John's uh, uh, diet of, of honey and locusts <laughs> that all the people were following John. It was because John was the forerunner of Jesus Christ and John had the Spirit. Even in his mother's womb he did. The Pharisees came to him and they asked him. They had to figure out. Isn't it interesting? When something starts happening, the religious people have to explain it somehow, right? They've got to figure out. They've got to put it on paper what's going on, right? So the religious crowd comes out to John, the Pharisees and the scribes, and they say, point blank, are you the Christ? John says, no, I'm not. They said, are you Elias? Are you an Old Testament prophet? And John says, no, I'm not. But, John says, there is one. There is one that comes in whose shoes I am not even worthy to lace. He says, there's one that's coming that is so much greater. And so much, he reflects all of the glory to Christ. And of course, you know, uh, John, he sees Jesus in verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith what? Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. What, what, What a thing. So John, the disciple, brings in John the Baptist as a witness to say, hey, John knew. John was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. And John said, hey, behold the Lamb of God. Verse 34, he says, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So we have these witnesses, all these folks saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, look with me in verse 35. We're going to kind of go down through this passage from 35 to the end of the chapter and take a look at the, the public ministry. This is the beginning of Jesus Christ going out in his, in his ministry. And again, the next day after John stood, and two of his disciples, John, and looking upon Jesus, as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed, what? Jesus. Now, why did John's two disciples, people that had been following John, begin to follow Jesus? Because Jesus, John had said, Behold, the Lamb of God. There's a lot to be learned there that, hey, John's just pronunciation of who Jesus Christ is caused some people to follow him. The the purpose of this message is, hey, uh, we, we are... We are here to evangelize. We are here to preach the gospel, to tell other people 
the good news of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we think that we have to, to be something that we're not. Sometimes all it is is just say, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin. He's the way, the truth, and the light. Just to proclaim who Jesus Christ is is enough for some people to say, Hey, I want to check this out. Hey, I want to go this way. I want to follow. So two of John's disciples begin to follow Jesus just because of what John said about Jesus. Verse 37. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seekest ye? What seek ye? Right? That's what he said. Now, as far as we know, these are the first words of Jesus Christ's ministry. What seek ye? Now that is a question that we could ask ourselves right here and right now. What are we looking for? I mean, really, what are we looking for? What are we looking for here today, right now? I mean, we've come out to church. What are we seeking? The Bible does say, seek and ye shall find. But it is important that we're seeking the right thing, is it not? It's important that we're looking for the right thing. He says to him, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? Why do you follow me? That's a good question. Get right to the point of the folks' heart of what are you seeking? You know, so many times we'll be seeking after all kinds of things in this. You know, this is a good question in, in our walk and talk with people. Is, and when we're talking to them, is to get right to the point and say, what are you looking for in life? Right? What are you seeking after? Some people may get serious with you and they may say, look, I'm looking for fulfillment. I'm looking for happiness. I'm looking for love. I'm just looking for a little peace. Right? Some would say, I'm looking for a parking spot. You know, not that complicated, something a little more simple. But everybody would have to say, listen, I'm looking for something. I'm seeking for something here in this life. And depending on where they're at in their walk and their relationship with Christ, that is an opportunity, an open door to be able to point them to Christ. I find it interesting. He said, what seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? That is a strange question. I, when I, I'm looking at this, it's like, so where do you live? Now, but, but you know, we, we ask people that, don't we? I mean, if you meet a stranger, especially if it's somewhere where it's not possible that they live, you know, that is probably a common question on an airplane, Right? Where are you from? Where do you live? Where are you from? They said, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt. I just find this so simple and so strange. That you got these two, I, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at this different than you see it. But they got these guys, they come up to him, where do you live? Well, I live down the road here. You want to come to my house? Sure, I'll come see where you live. And they go to the house. I mean, they spend the day there at the house. What did they do? What were they talking about at the house? Were they hoping to see, you know, how Jesus lived, how he decorated, right? I, were they looking to see his, his collection of whatever? <laughs> Is this what the Bible's saying? They says, hey, look, and he says, where do you live? And he says, come and see. You know, if we're going to be 
If we're going to be evangelists, I think that this is right here is, is, a, is an important key to it, is we need to be hospitable. Yes, sir. Hospitable here at the church. Hospitable at our home. Hospitable in our lives. There's going to be some just, let's go, out, let's go to lunch. L- let me get to know you a little bit. Right? Sometimes we don't have the opportunity to make a friendship, but if we do, we should try. If we're going to preach the gospel, it's going to have that much more of an impact. If we get to know the person, if we're hospitable with them, if we say, hey, come on over to the house. Right? Let's, let's, let's go to that. You know, some folks would, would, would far rather come on over to your house and play a game with you or go out to lunch with you or go to dinner with you or do some activity with you. A lot of folks would rather do that long before they'd come to church. They're a little nervous sometimes about church. Some folks are. He says, come on. You say, but, but allowing, letting somebody into my life that's a little risky. That's some there's there could there could be a bad person come into my life if I, you know, start becoming a little vulnerable like that. And I got to thinking about that. Yeah, like Judas. You say, why did Jesus let Judas in to the twelve? Did he know what was in his heart? He knew what was in his heart. Sometimes if we're gonna help bring people to Christ, we're gonna have to begin to be hospitable, to begin to invite them into our lives, to get to know them, to be able to get to just being real. You know, this, was, this, is, as, this is as simple as it gets. Where do you live? Come on and see. Come on over to the house. They spent all day with them. Verse, look what it says in verse, uh, uh, verse 39. And they, he said, come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it is about the tenth hour. When Jesus starts his public ministry, this is the key to ministry. This is the key to 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 bringing folks to Christ. He starts with his public baptism, <coughs> and then inviting a couple guys, two guys, over to the house. Is that right? Is that what it says? Jesus. The Christ. He started with his public baptism and inviting a couple guys over to the house. I'm not trying to oversimplify it. I'm not trying to belittle the scripture at all. I'm just saying that's exactly what happened, isn't it? He didn't start with bricks and mortars. He didn't start with his own, you know, pamphlet or or, 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 or flyer or what he just was baptized, someone said who he was, two people followed him, and he invited them over to the house, and then look what begins. What I'm trying to say is Ministry is about bringing people to Christ. Ministry is about pointing people to Christ and discipling people to Christ. And the to Christ part is key. Because too many times when religion begins to get established, any religion, down through history, when when religion begins to get established, we try to disciple people to the religion. It's just a danger that we as humans fall into. And Jesus had some harsh words about that. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse 15, He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I can't... Can you believe Jesus talked like this? 
He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you compass, compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. You know what Jesus said? Listen, you guys will go, you go out of your way to make a disciple. And he says, and they're worse off when you're done with them. Listen, when we bring people, when we disciple people, when we try to, when we try to, what, what are we doing? We're trying to get them to Christ, to the Lord, to a relationship with Him, nothing else, right? Look what happens. Verse uh, 40. You see, this, just, just recently, this has been somewhat of a theme, right? Us being part of the Great Commission, us preaching the gospel. By the way, pray for, pray for uh, me. Wednesday, from Wednesday to Saturday, I'll be in Mexico preaching a missions conference. Pray, that, pray, pray for one for safety, but pray that some folks accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Pray that some of the pastors that come to this missions conference, not because of me, this is not, this is, again, not because of anybody that's there, but something, the Spirit of God stirs up inside that, that the preaching and the gospel would go forward in Mexico. Amen? Pray about that. Look at what he says in verse 40. Oh, I would say, this has been a theme lately. Yeah, this has been a theme lately, lately because I think it's the theme of the New Testament. As Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost, Jesus Christ, God building His church through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 40, One of the two which heard John speak followed him uh, was Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother. And he findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. I'm just... I guess the, the, the point of this message is the simplicity in evangelism. What, did, what, what happened with one day with Christ? What happened with one day with Christ? Peter, uh, Andrew says, I, I got to tell my brother. I got to tell my brother about this. It's like, it's like uh, you know, us running into somebody really famous at the gas station. And then you get in the car and say, you never believe what I just saw, right? I just saw so-and-so at the gas station. It was him or it was her. I saw them right there. They were there, right? It's like that, but it's better. He says, we found the Christ. I mean, I was just spent a day with him. I went to his house. He showed me around. We were there together, right? He says, Peter, you got to come here. You got, i, I got to find but the, the point with the evangelism is when you say... Okay, okay, I know God's called me. I know God's called me to preach the gospel. I know I need to share it with somebody. But where do I start? Who do I tell first? got to tell somebody, right? The gospel of the Lord Jesus. Start with your family. You start with your family. This is where you start. You say, some people will say, but the family is the hardest to reach. That can be true, but it's also some of the easiest to reach. When you think about it, they already know them. You already got a road in with them, right? And depending on if they live in your house, it's a captive audience, right? <laughs> they're going to have to hear about it. Or they're going to move out, right? It might be over Thanksgiving dinner, and if you start telling the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ before you know the turkey's cut, they're going to have to hear part of it, right? And you know what? They're going to come back next year. Why? Because you're family. But there may be some like Peter. 
There may be some like Peter that says, wow, that's what I was looking for. That's what I, I mean, Peter, he, was, he says, listen, I've been spending my life out here as this commercial fisherman, and I've been spent many, many days out there on the sea thinking about this Messiah, thinking about this, thinking about the purpose of life. I thought there must be more to it. And you said, come on, Peter. Peter, we found him. He's here. We know God used Peter. Look what he says. And he findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah which is being interpreted to Christ, and he brought him. So you find him, he told him, and he brought him. Listen, we're, listen you say, what, what's, what, what are we doing here? We're learning how to be evangelists, right? We start with our family, we find them, we tell them, we bring them. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus beheld him and said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being interpreted a stone. When I think about us as believers, us as followers of Christ, who better can we lead to Christ than our family? I mean, can you imagine being able to lead your brother to Christ? Your parents? Could you imagine as a parent being able to lead your children to Christ? Nothing greater. No greater calling as a parent. I would look at, at, at yourself and say, hey, as a parent, I am called to bring my children to Christ. I'm called to this. I, I must see it as a mission, a mission field, right? You're either the missionary or you're the mission field. Say, hey, this is my mission field to bring them to Christ. Now, let's continue here. He says, and the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find a Philip. And he saith unto him, follow me. We've had messages here about this, that the simplicity in the Christian life is follow me. That's what he said to Matthew too, right? That's what he said to several of, of the disciples. He says, what? Follow me. So many times we get off track, we start following somebody else, right? That's where we mess up. We got to follow Christ. He says, follow me. He says, he says to Philip, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth what? Nathaniel. You see how this is happening? This is the simplicity of evangelism. Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Of course, Nathaniel's a little skeptical at first, right? But, but the point here is Philip goes and finds what? His friend. So here we go. You say, where do I start? We start with family. We go to our friends. We say, listen, we found the Christ. Hey, he changed my life. Something's different. I've been forgiven. I've experienced salvation through Christ Jesus. He goes to his friend. He said, Nathaniel, we found him. Of course, Nathaniel is skeptical. And by the way, if your friends are and your family are skeptical at first... Don't be, don't be uh, discouraged, right? Sometimes they have to see for themselves. They have, to, they have to not just take it from your own word. They have to experience Christ themselves. That's what we as parents want for our children, right? We don't want them just to become Christians because we go to church. We want them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ himself that is real. He says, Nathaniel, come. Jesus saw Nathanael coming, verse 47, unto him, and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, of whom is no guile. 
Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said before that Philip called thee. When thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Jesus took Nathanael's skepticism. He took his unbelief and he helped him, didn't he? He showed him something. He said, look, Nathanael, not only did I know, know you before Philip called you and knew where you were at before Philip called you, but I knew you before, before you were born the creator of the universe and Nathaniel accepts a Jesus he says thou art the son of uh, thou art uh, the son of God thou art the king of Israel he trusts and believes on him in, in verse 50 and Jesus answered and said unto him because I said unto thee I saw thee under the fig tree believest thou thou shalt see greater things than these in closing as evangelists as missionaries listen long before Several years before, Jesus said to his disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. They went to their friends and their family. We start there. We start with our with our closest uh, people, people that we already have inroads with, people that we have already begun to build relationships with. You say, Well, I don't have any friends. Make some friends, right? The Bible still does say, He that hath friends must show themselves what? Friendly. So let's start being friendly. Make a few friends and then maybe God would open the door. You say, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say sometimes in our evangelism, we might be a little bit creative. We might seek the Lord for some inspiration. We might try and make some friendships praying, praying, Lord, if you were to open the door here, I would be bold and present the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And greater things than these. Listen, I preached a message here a while back and I still believe it. We have seen some great things. God work, God move here in this church and in this area. But I believe greater things than these. I believe that the law of multiplication could happen. That if all of us took it upon ourselves that we are missionaries and all of us said, listen, I've got, a, I've got a Peter... I'm just saying, think in your mind right now, you have a family member that could could use the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you? Everyone here has a Peter, right? A family member. Everyone here has a Nathaniel. Someone that's a friend that you say, you know what, they might be open to it if I were to pray and I would begin to, to plant some seed and begin to water that one day maybe God would bring the increase. That one day maybe we'd see a harvest with a Nathaniel, with a, with, a, with a Peter. I'm just saying, hey, as, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, as followers of Him, we spend some time with Him, we get filled up with Him, we go to the Lord's house one day, which I hope that's what's happening right now. You just come to the Lord's house, hopefully you leave here filled up, and Monday is not just any other Monday. Monday is a day where you go and say, hey Peter, hey Nathaniel, we found Him. My life's different. I've been fulfilled because of Christ. He says in this passage, he says, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open. You know, I still believe that we can see heaven open. I still believe that God can open up the windows of heaven and pour out His blessing in making us fruitful. And fruitful. 
is seeing those people come to know Christ. There is no greater joy, I don't think, that we can experience in this world than to realize that in our family, our friends, have accepted Jesus Christ and have the hope of eternal life. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, I pray that you would make us fishers of men. Lord, I pray that you would give us a burden for, the, for our family, for our friends that need you. And Lord, that you teach us how to do it. Lord, in a, in, a, in, a, in a simple and sincere way. Lord, make us evangelists and missionaries in the mission field that you have put us in. Lord, we love your word. Lord, we thank you for this passage that we just read in John chapter 1. Lord, help us to consider it this week. Help us to think about it, meditate on it. Lord, you are wonderful to us. You're everything to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.